0: All right. Well, welcome everybody. My name is Tom Miller, and I am the owner of Leaders Building Leaders. And this is a this is a workshop, a webinar, uh, a training, an equipping. Uh, maybe a little bit more of like um, almost like a gospel. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you everything that I've been learning about about this really important topic. Uh, but real quick, if this is your first training or session or webinar with us. Welcome, thank you for giving me uh, your time. Thank you for adding this time to your calendar. I don't take it lightly, uh, because our time is our most precious resource in life. Did you know that? It's the only way that we're all equal in life. And uh, so I value you all for uh, spending some time with me this, this afternoon. A little bit about our company, uh, Leaders Building Leaders is the fastest and largest leadership development company for charter schools in North Carolina. And we believe that the principal's job, the school leader's job, is, is the most interrupted job on the planet. Uh, and, and what we do is we aim to help build confidence and clarity and help school leaders execute on their strategies and visions. Uh, so they can, one, create better schools and get better results for kids and the adults that they, that they lead. But most importantly, live a more empowered life, right? Who would want to live a more empowered life? that has more time for them. Uh, because the last time I checked, we only have one shot on this big, blue, beautiful planet. And, uh, and this is it. So we've got to make uh, the most of it. So um, I'll, I'll unmute and give us some chances to, to you know, share and talk. But in the chat box, let me know where are you joining us from? Uh, where are you joining us from? And what, what's your position there at that school or organization? And what's something that you definitely want to learn today? What's something that you definitely want to learn today? One of the things uh, that I love, I love doing is I'm going to share my screen here just for, just for a few seconds, because I want you to meet some very, very special people in my life. That's not the screen. I want you to see everybody. There's, there's so many screens up that I can't even uh, get to it, to the one that I want you to see. But you know, if you came to the rule of five uh, workshop, you're in the right place today. This is, this is what I wanted us to focus our, our time on. And it's identifying your priorities as a leader. So number one, congrats for being the smartest people in the world, right? So if you're here right now, you are the smartest human beings in the world. And I say world, because now we have had multiple people from multiple different countries and continents in some of our trainings. So I used to say the smartest people in North Carolina or in the room, but we're in the Zoom room, so we are in the world. So give yourself a pat on the back for investing in you. If you haven't met my family, uh, they love life and we love to travel. One of my my life's goals is to live like a tourist. Uh, so so that's us up top in in some you know beach town. It might be Holden Beach. Um, and my son Matthew, who's a second grader at Explorers, and my daughter Devin's a, a seventh grader, uh, both you know charter school students. And uh, my uh, firstborn, um, if you're part of our email list, you just know we just lost her, Dorsey. She just turned 15 just a few weeks ago. And then, and then now she's in doggy heaven. So uh, the, the, the house has been certainly quiet over the last uh, few days home uh, without her. A little bit more about me. I'm a former exceptional children's teacher. And I started my uh, career in uh, New Hanover County, teaching uh, students with autism, um, in a K-5 environment, and I did that, and if I ever had to go back to the teaching profession, that's that's that would be the job for me, but I became a middle school principal um, over time at a charter school, and that's where I wrote my uh, dissertation on the characteristics of effective charter schools. I know you've all read it. It's an amazing page turner, and uh, and then I, I got catapulted to the Office of Charter Schools, and I worked there, and I was in charge of the application process, the opening of, of uh, charter schools after they eliminated the CAP, Uh, But that's when I just realized I wasn't sure if I was actually making a difference in the world that I wanted to. Uh, So I started my own company and I became a a business owner and a member of the John Maxwell team, which is the largest training company uh, in the world. And uh, I've been fortunate enough to train and coach over 10,000 people over the last five years. And how do I know that? Because I've given away over 10,000 pens, everybody. So maybe you have one of our leaders' building leaders' pens, and that's that's how I know that we've given up so many pens. Uh, but but I just love what I do. I love the opportunities, and I love just you know meeting all of you. So you're in the right place if this is what you want. So if you want to feel more productive but spend less time working, give me a yes in the chat box. More productive but spend less time working. So if you can say yes to this one, you're in the right spot. Now, if you want to be more present with family and friends, if you want to feel like you're more present, if you want to be home and not be worrying about all the emails collecting uh, or anything, and just be more present, actually be paying attention to those people. Give me a yes in the chat box uh, for that one, because we're gonna I'm going to teach you how to do that today, too. And maybe most importantly, do you want a clear understanding of what I should be working on, on how long I should be actually doing it per day? Give me a yes in the chat box there. So hopefully I see, I see a bunch of yeses uh, coming. up. So these are going to be some three specific outcomes and you're going to walk away today with uh, tools and you should have already had a couple should have came to your email. If not, I'll reshare them out, but some tools and some strategies to help you get there. But I'm going to teach you a principle, PLE principle, PLE, not a -A PAL. I'm going to teach you a principle that I learned as a principal, a -A PAL, that, that has, has changed my life. So, this is a little bit more about time. Before we really get into time, you know, we can spend three weeks without food, three days without water, three minutes without oxygen, but we honestly cannot go three seconds without thinking. <laughs> the mind is constantly, constantly moving. So it's one of the most important things to do is to really be able to clear your mind. Now, busyness is the death of the leader, is it not? I mean being busy, your brain cannot talk. and when you know something we're gonna talk about, you know, later in the session is about you need to create margins in your day so you can think. Because when you are not able to think and strategize and get clear, it's when you lose your edge as a leader. And I know many times I spend from Zoom to Zoom and meeting to meeting and here to there without actually getting a time to just think and and, and just Process what I just went through or what I just learned, and I know I'm I'm losing opportunity because of that, and I don't want that uh, for you at all. So we'll dive a little bit more in into some of those uh, later. Uh, my wife's trying to FaceTime me. That doesn't work, during these, Doesn't it? doesn't. It? What's letting someone's coming in late? Awesome. I'll let her know. Didn't you look at the calendar? But she is a priority, so I'll have to text her here in a second and make sure that she's okay. So let's get, uh, so let's get working on this. So we talked about time, right? So learning, what you're going to learn today, this is the key to effective leadership, right? And going back to time, if you came to this for time management, you're in the wrong place because you cannot manage time. time already manages itself, right? I mean, time time never stops. It may stop for you one day, and I hope that it's not for a really, really long time. But you can't manage time. It just keeps going. And in fact, it's the only way that we're all equal. We all have the same 24 hours per day. It never changes. However, what the difference is for some people who are more productive with their time is that they just learn how to prioritize. So what we're going to teach today, what we're going to learn today, what you're going to walk away with today is strategies to prioritize what you do every day. So if I could start with a short story. It's funny that my wife is texting me, right? I really owe her so much in life. So she's okay, everybody. <laughs> she's just checking in. About 10 years ago, when I was leading a middle school, I was getting ready for work. And I said to my wife, what does a heart attack feel like? What are some of the signs of a heart attack? She's like, why? What? Why are you asking me? I said, I don't know. I've just, since I woke up today, I just haven't, I don't feel good. And I don't know, I got some numbness here. And she's like, well, go, go, go back and lay down in bed. And let's just turn the lights out and let's, I don't know, let's, let's give it an hour. Let's just see what happens. You know? So I you know, texted work and said, well, I will be, you know, I would be coming in late. And so when I went to the doctor and, and everything was K and he's like, this is, you know, this is your second EKG in a year since you started this new job. What's going on? Are you okay? And I was like, Well, obviously I'm not. <laughs> I'm clearly not okay. Something's going on. I wasn't taking care of myself. And so as I got back and I, you know, started to talk to one of my mentors, and I happened to be in a doctoral program at UNCW. He, he taught me this uh, principle that I'm going to share with you today, and maybe you know, maybe you've heard about it. But he had asked me. He said, He said, Have you ever heard of the Pareto principle? And I said, no, I don't, I don't know what that is. And he said that, he said, it's, he said, everything in life has an 80-20 equation. He said, for example, 80% of uh, the clothes you wear or the clothes you own, you wear 20% of the time. He said 80% of the miles in your car come from 20% of the roads that you drive on. of the beer drank or drank by 20% of the population. He said, think of this as a teacher. 80% of the discussion in your classroom comes from 20% of your students. He said, think of this as a principal. 80% of your problems come from 20% of your staff. Is that not right? 80% of your volunteer hours come from 20% of the the, uh, parents. See, everything has an 80-20 principle. And how the Pareto principle works for you, he said that your top 20% priorities are going to give you 80% of your return in your work. Now, he said, my challenge to you is you have to spend 80% of your time in those 20%. He said, the problem is, Tom, you have 10 things on your to-do list. And you're doing, you're trying to do all 10. When the Pareto principle says, you're only supposed to do two, (laughs) the most important two. He said, if you do those top two, you're gonna get 80% return on those top two, when otherwise you're only getting 20% return on those other eight things that you're so happy to check off your to-do list because it makes your ego feel better that you're actually getting something accomplished but you still have to do those other two things. And those two things that you left off your list are probably the most important and probably the hardest to do. And when are you going to do them? It's probably why you just spent the night in the hospital. (laughs) He said, you have to evaluate your day. Otherwise you're going to become a stalemate. You're going to become hostage to your to-do lists, paralyzed by your lists. He said, this also means that if you have 10 people working for you, you need to spend time with the top two. 20% of your people are probably giving you 80% of the return. Is that not right? Everybody give me a yes in the chat box if you don't have 20% of your staff pretty much doing 80% of all the initiatives, right? All the extra work. Your backbones are carrying a lot of weight. And we'll, we'll talk more about that later. So think about your to-do list right now, right? If you were to look at your to-do list right now and evaluate it, could you, could you take the time to identify which two are the most important things for me to do? Now, I said, well, how do I, how do I figure out what those top two things are? Because that's probably what you just asked yourself, right? Yeah, give me a raise hand or a chat box. Like, Well, how do I identify what those two things are? Everything's my responsibility. Well, that's true. You are, if, you're, if you're the head of a school or head of a department on this call, you're responsible for everything. However, the first question to get to your 20% is, what are you required to do, right? What is required of you? It's your first hour. What is required? What, is, what are the only things that only you can and should do for yourself? These are things that nobody could do for you. You can't think of anybody else. In the organization, who could do for you? And let me give you an example. I just spent the last 90 days uh, as the interim head of a charter school, and when I took over this school in the middle of this, you know, pandemic, right? You're all trying to open your schools in pandemic. You're all leaving schools in the, you know, other this. Uh, the entire administrative staff from the year before, including finances, HR, were all gone. Counselors gone. Everybody's gone. Nobody left. So there was, but there was this nine, this nine, you know, person staff that was still working over the summer that you would consider an admin team, right? Some front office people, an office manager, there was a, um, a testing coordinator who was promoted to uh, one of the principals. So when I come in and, and know nothing, well, I am responsible for it all. And at the beginning I was in a sense required to do it all. But the first thing that I did is I started to do this. I started to ask myself, okay, I know I'm responsible for it all, but I have to create a vision, right? Because this is one of the things that a leader is required to do. Your job is to cast vision. You know that you have to do it all. You just have to accept that. I'm, I'm responsible for it all. I get it. But I also have to cast a vision. So I cast a vision of what we're going to do 90 days from now. We're going to hire a new head of school. We're going to open the school. We're going to have this many students, right? I cast a vision of what that, what that would look like. And I also knew that I was going to have to be the primary communicator. But honestly, everything else that was needed to be done, I could take those nine people and I could show them how to do it. Right. I could show them how to do it like they they could do some of these things. So part of your job every single day when you do something right, if you spend your time doing a task, you need to ask yourself, should I be doing this right now? Is there anybody else in my organization who could do this for me? Now at the time I didn't know anybody, right? So it takes a little bit of time. So when you're starting this process, you have to give yourself some grace. It's gonna take you a little time, but a lot of you know your teams. I didn't know my team at the time. But everything that was starting to come my way, you know, payroll, health plan stuff, uh, upset your know, parents, um, you know, teachers leaving, right? Hiring, like all these things where you come We just had a giant, we just had a giant list. <laughs> and I started to put names next to people. These are people who who were uh, responsible, right? And using the I'm like, well, 80% of my time needs to be focused on these on these priorities, right, making sure things are getting done, building a vision and being the primary communicator. So I built a Monday morning, nine o'clock check in with the admin team, and a nine o'clock Friday checkout. And every Monday, everybody, you know, came to the meeting. And the first thing I realized is nobody knew exactly what they were responsible for. So I said, okay, we got it back up. What is, what is the most important for everybody else, right? What is everybody's key results area? So we really started to focus on what is required of your job, Mr. and Mrs. Power School? Right? What is required of your job, Office Manager? What is required of your job, Director of Operations? We got really, really clear on what it is that everybody should be doing. So everybody was going through the same practice, this first R: what is required of me? And if I saw them doing any of this work that they shouldn't be doing, I said, is that what you should be doing? Should you really be doing that right now? So that was just, you know, two hours of our time, just check in and check out to make sure that we all knew what we were required to do. That is is the first R. Now, what you have to remember is that anything that anybody can do as 80% as well as you can, or 80% potentially as well as you can, you have to give it to them. Because I know I hear in your head, you're saying, well, what if I don't have a team or what if I don't trust the people or what if they're not ready? You can't do it all. You have to, you have to find things on your list every single day at the end of every day. What did I do today that I shouldn't do tomorrow? And you just paint them in the picture of it, right? You got to know your team. You got to know your strengths. That's the first thought, right? What is required of me? Knowing exactly what is required of you. Number two, the second R is return. What does what does the organization get a great return at it when I do it? When Tom Miller, when I do it, right? So this means I I have to know what my strengths are, and my strengths are not the same as yours, right? Everybody needs to know. Tammy and Cedric and and Kim, like everybody, you need to know what you're great at. Everybody's great at something different. Also, experience. What am I? What have I done in the past? Like what are some experiences I've had in the past that have helped me? Now this is the Six or seventh time I've had to do this, you know, be a bridge for a school, and so I've had experience, you know, going through this process. And then growth, right? So gift, experience, and growth determines the return. So growth is what am I learning right now, right? So maybe you got someone who's in a training program and someone who's learning how to do something. So what these organizations, get the greatest return at when I do it. So we've already identified what am I required to do? This is only things that I can and should do that nobody can do for me, that nobody can do you know, at an eighty per, more than eighty percent capacity, is I can do it. And in return, what is what does your organization get the greatest return at when I do it? And I'm going to talk more on that. I'm going to talk about strengths here. And the last one is reward, right? What is what is rewarding to you? What is it that that fills your heart? Now, I know one of my strengths, right? Because I've uh, taken our DISC uh, a personality profile, and I'm not sure if anybody on here has you know done this, but our DISC has a strengths you know finder component of it, and I know that. You know, creativity is one of mine. Influencing is another one of my strengths. You know, directing, creating, influencing, uh, directing are my three top, top, you know, top strengths. Now, when I worked in the Office of Charter Schools, part of my job was to was to identify and go out um, and, and, and find best practices happening in uh, public charter schools. Now, my responsibility was when I came back to the office was to write this technical article for the office, right? Now, I loved going out and seeing the people and traveling through the schools. And I just love being around people. I'm a people person. Right? Or so as my son says, I'm a person people, but I loathed coming back and writing and, you know, being a technical writer. I'm not very good at it. If you've received my emails, there's, they're filled with grammatical errors all the time. People send me messages all the time. No, this is spelled wrong. Yes. I'm sorry. Right. It happened. But I loathed it. I mean, to the point where like it would take me months to write an article. It was not my strength. And the the team was not getting a great return. They could get a great return from me going out, finding the best practice and sharing it with everybody verbally or you know in some sort of training, but writing an article about it no good, right? But we didn't understand that. We we had job duties. And too many times we we do this in education is, well, you're the You're the finance person. You should do this, right? Or, or hey, one time you ran a bake sale, so so you're the you're the finance person. Well, they're not strong enough to do that, right? Put put people in their strengths and release them from from their weaknesses. So one of the things that I had to do when I was working with this team is I had to identify what strengths and areas for growth that the people had, and I had to release them from those. I said, you're out. You're not doing that anymore. It's not in your wheelhouse. We're not getting the great results when you do it. And they said, thank you, because they know. Now, some people are just attached to things, right? There's some people, because this is what you have to know. You have to put people uh, in the reward zone because they're just going to gravitate to that anyway. <laughs> but what you have to maybe sometimes have is crucial conversation and say, well, you're not really that good at it. So why don't you do this part of it? So what is required of me? What does these organization get the greatest return at? And what, what, what's the reward? What you know fills my heart? Now, when you have clarity in those top three, Those three R's, guess what that starts to do? It starts to identify your top 20%. Now remember what I said. I'm a people person. I'm good at strategy. I'm good at showing people how to execute things. You don't want me doing your taxes, but you may want me helping you find a better result for your school. So as I was setting up my week with that school, I had my, you know, bookend meetings Monday, Monday and Fridays at nine, and then half the day I, I spent basically going from person to person, checking in. How are you doing? How's that work that we talked about on Monday? How can I help? Are you feeling stuck anywhere? And if I found them doing something that they shouldn't, I questioned. Said, so, "Well, is there other work done?" Right, helping them and coaching them. When you find those three R's, it's like, it's just like, you know, linking up the stars. Like you, you could just, you know, see it and you start to feel better. And you know, people would ask me every day, like, aren't you stressed? Like, how, how are you not more stressed? I'm not. Because I was working in my three R's. Now we had a ton of things that we had to do, but I was working in what I knew I was, you know, what only I could do for me. And every day when I would do something, I'd start to find some people and I started to train, train a woman to do the, you know, the account's payable. And I said, hey, if, if you could, could you just, you know, open these envelopes as this mail comes in. If it's a bill, write an invoice, you know, put it here. If it's this, put it here. And she, so she just started to, you know, collect things for me. And, and then I started to show her. I said, well, all I'm really doing is signing this. And I'm going to put a code next to it. And then I'm going to scan it. Do you, do you think you can start doing that for me? And so I just watched her. We just did it. It's this multiplying effect, right? You know, the first step is that I do it and you watch me. And the second step is we do it together, right? So we go from modeling to mentoring. And the third step is you do it, and I coach you, right? I'm just you know coaching you. And the fourth step is you do it alone. And the fifth step is you is you go teach someone else to do it, right? Because as you're taking things off your plate and building in the capacity of your people, you need to teach them to take things off their plate. Because the one common thing that I hear hear a leader say often is that. Well, my team is so busy, I, there's no way I could give them one more thing. Give me a yes if you heard that or maybe said that out loud before. So part of, part of this opportunity is for you to teach them, well, let's look at your list. I'm going to send you my key uh, result area questions you can do with your team afterwards. You say, hey, what are some things that are taking you away from what you're supposed to be doing? What is it that you think you are responsible to do? And then I would have some one-on-one time. There was, there was some, some, you know, identified people. They were in my top 20%. And I was like, you know what? We need to spend more time uh, together so I can help you be better at your job, right? So some part I was, you know, correcting of, 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 you know, some folks and other parts I was coaching. What questions specifically do you have on the Pareto principle or the three R's? And you guys should be able to unmute yourselves. If you want to, um, if you want to share, anybody have anything? Everybody with me? They lose everybody Does this seem overwhelming. I'm telling you, once you get here, because think about it over the last hundred days, I've not only been you know, running that school. I've been running my business on the side and, you know, being a dad. And I took a 10 day vacation in the middle of that everybody, right? You can do it. It's really hard to get to, but the uh, rewards at the end are going to be amazing. And I still have a lot of work to do, but every day I sit here, I was just actually doing, I started to work on a PowerPoint for you guys. And I was like, that's not the best use of my time. It might be pretty. You guys might like it. I don't know. I might, I could put my mask on if I'm too much. Right. But either way, like that's not the best use of my time. That's what I said to myself. This is not the best use of your time. Find more things that you can feed them with. Right. So all right, so with that, so now we've got our three R's, and we start started to identify, and we're going to practice this in a second. So we got our three R's. Now, the point here is to create margin in our life, right, margin in your day. So as you're looking at your calendar, one thing that you need to do is be intentional about, about um, building white space, right, margin space. One of the problems that we're constantly, we're meeting on top of meeting on, we're just running, we're running to Zooms, right? We're hitting Google Meets. Like, that's all we're doing. And we spend nine, 10 hours in front of the screen. I thought about, you know, doing this call on a telephone, because at least it'd be a little bit different, right? You would not have to sit there and stare at a computer screen. But that's where the, so creating margin is going to help you, okay? Because when you're, when you're not thinking about, right, when you're not uh, thinking about the strategy, the vision, remember I told you that those top three things as a leader are, but, you know, being responsible for everything, being the main communicator, right, but also setting uh, the vision and developing people. Like, when you're not, when you don't have that space to think, you're not able to do that. The greatest, you know, suffer and lack of margin is that loss of think time. And that's where you lose your leadership, right? You lose your leadership edge when you lose your think time. That's what what helped you get to your role, was your ability to think and strategize and develop yourself and develop other people. But what I've learned is that what got you in the position that you're in right now will not serve you in your current position. A lot of us worked very hard as teachers, right, or assistant principals or directors, and then we, we, we climbed to the top of the ladder. But working hard doesn't, doesn't, doesn't cut it anymore. Now we need to be able to develop people, execute, strategize, and use our time more wisely. If you're a part of our Live to Lead Leadership Conference the other day, John Maxwell said, he said, don't go to the top, grow to the top. And part of this is growth. A yeah, part of this is growth. So there's 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 two there was two faulty thinkings that I had, uh, and one was that you know creating margins right that that you know I had this faulty thinking that well when I catch up, <laughs> or when the to do list is gone, then I'll be able to, it, it, and I just saw Tammy do it. She just sugar. It, it, it's not. It, it's never gone. It never goes away. The emails never stop. I mean I'll be honest. There was a time period I got so busy. I had 500 unanswered emails in my, you know, in my school box. You know what I did? I I sent a message out to everybody. Hey, I'm going on our YouTube live page between six and nine o'clock tonight. If you've got a question, come on. Because there's no way I was going to sit there and answer all those emails. Now, eventually I got to them. And out of those, you know, few hundred, there was like maybe 10, like maybe 10 really needed my response. I got more value out of doing those YouTube lives for our school. Because that's what people said. I just love the fact you got live every week and let us come on, right? When the people were struggling during the pandemic, trying to get, you know, into their classrooms, that's like, let's just go YouTube live every day. 7 a.m. to noon, we'll just be live. The heck with it. Get out of your emails, everybody. Give them a place to come to. Whatever it is, you just got to find that value every time. So, so my, back to my faulty thing. So, you know, Tammy got me off track because she was right on you know, target it. So when that's, that's, there's never been a day when you've been caught up. So don't ever say that out loud. Don't, don't, you know, think it, you're not going to get caught up, but you have to ask yourself Is a better question is, should I be spending my time doing this? And I'm going to give you three uh, questions at the end. That's really going to help, but should I be doing this? And if if the answer is no, then stop doing it. Right. And the second one is that, Oh, but my people need me. You're right. Your people always do need you. Okay. There's never a line that will ever end out your door as a principal, school leader, in any role that your people don't need you. But here's the question. Who's filling your calendar? Is it the right people? Right? Because when you spend your time on other people's agendas, you're never going to have margin. And there's some people that are just almost out there to just hijack our time. <laughs> now, remember when we talked about the Prato principle, when it comes with time, it also talks about with uh, people and we're, we're about to go to, right? So practice, practice the Prato principle. Right there. So I did see, I think I should be able to, let me see if I can do this. I have a, See if, see if you can unmute yourself now, but yeah, I saw that you tried. But I thank somebody. you. Perfect. Do you have a question?
1: Yes, my question was, I just, um, I'm sorry I was late. I was doing work until I looked up and saw it was past time. Um, let me see what my question was. Um, sorry, can you go back to when you said, I do it, we do it, you do it with my guidance? you do it alone and then you show others
0: yeah sure so the five steps you the five steps to multiplication so the first step is i model it for you right I model so it. you so i do it and you watch me the second step is we do it together maybe like a collaboration right and like like i think about like all the all the reports you got to do as a principal, right? Or like all the grants you got to do. Like there's just things I think that you can bring uh, people in and they can learn. To. So I do it, you watch me, then we do it together. The third one is you do it and I'm coaching you. So I might be with you. I might not be with you. You're just, you know, helping me. And, you know, step four is you're, it's yours now. You're completely independent. I'm still responsible that you do it right, but I'm not required to do it anymore. Now you can do it. And uh, step five is once you've mastered it, you go teach someone else and get it off of your plate, right? You're okay. just building capacity. You're multiplying leadership.
1: Thank you. I appreciate
0: yeah, good. that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Vanessa, we did YouTube live through, through my Zoom account and it was all actually on accident because I messed up and I didn't realize my Zoom account had a cap and then we couldn't figure it out. So I was like, oh, well, we can just stream it to YouTube live. and so said it always just, it was easy and it was always there in the recording. You don't have to do any work. Um, so it was good. And the people can chat with you and um, you don't have to worry about, you know, like the unmuting and all that stuff. It was great. Okay. So, all right. So, we've talked about the project principle with our things, right? Our things that we do. Now we're going to talk about with our people, okay? Because it's still with your people. Remember, it's everywhere. So, if you've got 10, 10 people, I've already shared this, right? Your, your top two are who you need to spend your 80% with. And it doesn't matter what uh, position in the organization they are, it's your top two like, you know, return, your top two producers, your top two people that are going to get the best results. Now, what ends up happening is that typically, and this is where I failed as a, you know, as an earlier principal, is that I would look at my top two people and be like, they're good. Oh my gosh, they're so good. Things are fine. If I could just get these bottom couple of people as good as them, man, we would be a great school. And then what happened is my top two uh, people felt left out, right? I mean, remember, negative behavior is easier to get than positive behavior. So they are, they're seeing things, well, gosh, well, if I showed up late, maybe Tom would talk to me, right? I mean, there's just these things that happen in schools, you all know. So your top 20% of your people is who you need to spend 80% of your time with. Because what you want to do is you want to equip them and coach them and mentor them so they could multiply that leadership down because they're, they're your voices. They're your conduits. They're your, they're your, when you're not in the meeting, like they can lead it. Right. And that's why we do our teacher leader Academy. I mean, that's one of the things that we do in the teacher leader academies. We, we, we teach, we equip teachers about how, how, how to be more effective leaders within the school at a 360 degree. And you know, what is the most common things that when principals send their teachers to our teacher leader Academy, you know, what the teachers normally say to me, I'm not sure why I'm here. I didn't know anybody thought of me this way. And I said, holy cow, if you guys think that, what do the rest of the people think, right? And it's mainly because they don't get a lot of time and they don't get a lot of attention. So you want to you wanna be pouring in your top 20%. Because uh, okay? those bottom 20% are just going to suck you dry, right? They they are. They're just going to take all your time and, you know. so so my so my big so my big mistake was that was that I did not spend enough time with my top twenty percent now by my third year, when I learned this after I you know I started learning this, I did this, I built time during the school day for a couple of my teachers to 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 fill my areas of growth. I had one guy who was great at spreadsheets and just he was a good manager, so he was in charge of our discipline and our scheduling and like a, like our volunteer work like he just he just did things I built time into his is a block schedule. He didn't have a class, um, you know, two days a week, last block, and that's what he did. And there there was another woman who did the same thing, and she ended up being a curriculum specialist, and he's now a uh, principal of a very uh, successful school. And we were building capacity for them instead of spending all of our time at the bottom. So what I want you, you know, one of the tasks that I'll give you is that write down, write down your list of people, right? Who are your, who's your team? And I want you to start marking. Who's your top, who's in your top 20%? So if you've got a staff of 20, that means you got four, right? By my math, right? If you, got a, if you have 100, that means you got 20 people. And of this group that I was initially uh, supervising who were on campus over the summer, there was, there was nine or 10 of us, right? And I, I spent the majority of my time with the top one or two. That's about all I had, right? That's, that's where I spent the most of my time with them. I still spent that hour per week in our, our tactical meeting. And I went and I, you know, checked in on, you know, folks to see how, how they were uh, doing through the week. And there was a couple of them that were definitely, you know, taking a lot of my time. And I had to realize this is not the best use of my time being spent here. So what do you do with those top 20% during that time, right? Is that your next question? What do you do during that top time? Is that, well, since they're your best producers, one of the things that you're doing is, how can I help you produce more? What do you need from me? So they should be bringing the information to you, right? You don't have to build the agenda for that meeting. The uh, people closer to the action should be bringing the agenda. So this is the great mentoring coaching opportunity where they come to you and you're like, Hey, this is what I'm working on. And this is what I do. This is what I need help on. And you know, you know, you know, what do you think about this? Instead, sometimes, you know, we believe that the, the head of the organization, the uh, positional leadership has to, create the agenda and set the plan and said, no, you want your people. I mean, how, how empowering would that be for one of your staff members to be able to come and spend quality one-on-one time with you once a week or once a month, whatever, you know, you're able to start with and ask you questions about how they can become a better leader, how they can do their job better. That's all that they want. All right. That's all that they want. And then you manage that bottom 80%, right? You have expectations and you manage them and you start to teach those 20 how to help them be better if they can. Very, very empowering process. So let me, let me work through the tools. If you've got a couple of questions, I'm gonna bring a couple of these tools out so I can show you how to do this. So do you have, who's got their uh, to-do list with them? They've got one on you. So hopefully all of you have you know, some sort of task list or something that you got in front of you. So one of the things that I would do, um, and I'm gonna share this, let's see, hopefully it pops up here. Hopefully you can see this uh, Covey's Quadrants. Can you all see this Covey's Quadrants? Let me do a better job of showing the size here. So, uh what are you doing? To me? Okay, here we go. So this is one of the things that I sent you in that uh, Google Drive. And so, and if you don't get, I'll make sure that it comes back in email. So as you have your uh, to-do list, right? You're going to put things in the four quadrants. You're going to have your urgent and important things, and then you're going to have your not urgent important things, right? This is this should be making up your top your top tasks. Now the problem is that a lot of us live. I you know I live in this important urgent world <laughs> because things are always due like that day, right? So, you know, the better you are in creating margins and space, like you want to be working mostly in quadrant number two. You know, these are the things that only you can and should do. So this might be strategy. This might be program development. This, you know, might be coaching people, um, you know, leading by walking around. Like, you know, this is your time with other people, developing people. The urgent stuff of it just might be checking in with people once you get to to your three R's. And then down here at the bottom, so these are the non-important things, right? But these are urgent here in this, you know, quadrant three. So this is non-important, urgent. So here's a great example. You know, today at this school that it came through that we had to, you know, someone had to sign for the quarter three taxes, right? So I was like, okay, if you download them, I'll sign them. You mail them, <laughs> right? I mean, the only thing that only I could do for me was, was that. Everybody else did all the other work. So You know, someone else printed it. Someone else, uh, you know, got it ready. And then I delegate it, right? So these are all the things that you can start delegating as you start to kind of map them out. What can I delegate? And maybe the most important list that you're all going to start to create is what can I stop doing? What are some things that I just need to stop doing? And a lot of people will ask me, and you're probably saying, well, Tommy, if I stop doing something, you know, that it, it, won't get done. Go for it. I double dog dare you. And you'll find out after two weeks whether or not it's actually important or not. (laughs) Someone will tell you from, you know, the state or, uh, you know, someone will send a report and say, uh, you know, and I've gotten a couple of those. Uh, Dr. Miller, you're out of compliance. Oh, gosh, I did. I'm so sorry. What do I need to do? Well, you just need to click this button. Okay, we'll do that today. Thanks. Thanks for letting me know, right? I mean, you'll know what's urgent and important from your job when things, you know, when things break down. This is another resource I put. Now, if you're having a hard time uh, really figuring out where your time goes per day, this is a way that you can track your time. It's called the 15-minute miracle. So you could print out five of these and every single day you wake up and and you write in in 15-minute increments, what did you do during this time? And then you'll start to identify what's really taking a lot of my time. What am I really spending my time on? When I coach leaders, you know, this is one of the activities I have them do. And they always say, well, I know I'm, I'm, I'm going to really, really focused." I'm like, okay, well then actually do this. And by day three, they're just like begging for mercy. Do I have to keep doing it? It's awful. <laughs> but here's a good way, right? You could really start to analyze how you're using your time because right? you can't manage time. You can only prioritize your time schedule, right, prioritize your schedule and schedule your uh, priorities, and that'll really help you. What uh, questions do you have on Covey's uh, quadrants or or the 15-minute miracle? Any? Have Have any of you ever tried, tried to use tools like that before? How many of you are actually willing to try it for a couple of days? Are you willing? All right. If you're willing to try it, at the bottom there, you could do a one-on-one time with me and I'll take you through it and we'll, and we'll look at it. And I'm happy to coach you through what, you know, to really, really have an understanding of what am I using my time on? There's one more thing I want to show you before we uh, close up for the day. This is, this is a really important piece, but I'm going to open up the chat. Is there any, any specific questions about um, time or anything you're having challenges with or, you know, struggling with in any way? this is this is one of my strengths is to be able to help you know people think through better results. and we're all we're all friends here, so.
1: Hi, can you hear me?
0: I can. I can. welcome.
1: Hey, thanks. Um, I think even knowing where to get started, is part of the thing you know when we talk about like managing time more intentionally and even starting at the process um this is my seventh month as a principal i went from being a teacher to a coordinator to a principal i'm in a building with no ap and i wasn't an ap so i have 450 kids in the building um and everything right now to me feels like it's a crisis and everything's very, very important. So, even when I look at this and I, I'm like, okay, just like you said, everything's in the urgent column, and, and to even take the time to know what, I don't even, you know, I'm not, I'm trying to do everything with very little support. And so, knowing um, my school struggling academically, so to me, that seems like that's a very important thing I should be working on. Lot of new teachers, and so I need to be in with them, so that's like it's urgent. But then I'm the only one who does discipline, so that's like it's urgent. So, um, any advice you could give me at this particular uh, juncture would be greatly appreciated.
0: Yeah, well, you know, first of all, congratulations, <laughs> right? This is a great opportunity, don't worry about it, right? Um, you're right where you're supposed to be. All right so you have to be gentle on yourself every day that that's part one is that you can't do everything okay right. but what one thing that you could so what would you say is your strength and is it kim is it kim kim is your name yeah kim kim where where are you a principal at
1: i'm a principal at a charter school in pueblo colorado
0: oh awesome all right well excellent I was at the Colorado charter conference a couple of years ago. That's, that's, that's a great time. So, yeah. So I think one of the biggest, um, you know, areas is t- for you to know what you're great at. So what are you outstanding at? What would you say is your best quality?
1: <laughs> well, your best
0: strengths, like, like your gift. If we were looking at the return, like what, like, 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 what is it for you?
1: I feel like I'm very good at systems uh, that I'm very good at seeing like the overall big picture of a system and, um, Knowing how to implement that, um, except <laughs> there's so many systems prioritizing those. So usually, I feel very good at systems um, overall.
0: Yeah. Okay. Great. I love that because I'm not very good at systems. So, so you know, you and I would probably work really well together because I need you in my life. So, right. So one of the things is to really think about is every day, when something goes wrong, the question to ask yourself is what system is broken, right? Either a system is broken or there isn't one there. Because that's the only reason that things break down, right? It's, it's a lack of communication, right? Or a lack of handoff or it just stops, right? I mean, whatever it is, there's some sort of breakdown. So, you know, part of your job, right? And here's, and here's the reason that I left off everybody. I'm so glad you asked this question, Kim. If you don't have margins and think time in your in your day, you're never going to see that system implode before it implodes. Because you're so busy handling everything else, right. you can't see that. Because remember, leaders see more before others. But if you're but if you're trying to handle every little fire because because you're a you know a one person team or whatever the answer may be you're not able to see those other pieces. Now, it's not that you can ignore all those other things, right, I get that, right? You're just managing a couple of things, but if you're like, okay, what are the top one or two systems that we need to get, you know, developed, and who on my team, whether they're an assistant principal, a teacher, a volunteer, like who is that person who I can start to to help, right, to who can help me get these systems in place? And then when I look at all my other problems, who might be the best you know person to do this? Because everybody knows here on this call, schools don't function well academically if they don't function well operationally. It's impossible, right? Because everything is just out there. Now, are you all remote? Are you all face-to-face? Like, how, like, what are you doing right now for school? We're
1: face-to-face. We've been in person since August 12th. And we... Okay, all right quarantine we had to quarantine two classes so it's more um, we just quarantine kind of as an ebb and flow as needed um, unless we reach a critical mass number
0: yep awesome so this the gateway to being a successful leader over time this compounding effect is learning how to know what it is you're required to do So if I were to ask you, what is it that you believe you're required to do? What's something only you can and should do at your school? And everybody can answer this. You can put it in the chat box or write it down. What's, What's one thing that only you can and should do at your school? For me personally,
1: or you want us to just type it in?
0: For you. Well, everybody else is typing in. You're actually answering it.
1: Um... Probably right now, something that's really taking precedence is discipline. We're doing a year long study. I just implemented a year long study to um, implement PBIS here um, because that was not right. a in place. So I have a counselor, but I'm the only one doing discipline. So that's really an area that I'm the only person who can
0: do that. Okay. So when you say do the discipline, does that mean like carry out the discipline?
1: Yeah, for the most part, we're trying to use a tiered system, but that's kind of a training process with the staff right now. So I'm the person who, if kids reach a certain level, has to, um, needs
0: to work with those kids. And who's actually doing the training?
1: (laughs) That would be me also.
0: (laughs) Okay, good. So are you going to get a better result from uh, spending more time doing discipline or from retraining your teachers? retraining my teachers yeah right so you can teach someone how to go through like the discipline part now you might be the end hammer or whatever i mean whatever it is but the stuff that takes the time with discipline is the investigating like you know it just takes hours but what you have is a symptom of a problem that's a symptom discipline is a symptom of something else right. and that's either right poor you know poorly managed class right or unclear expectations i mean whatever it is that's where you need to spend your time is diagnosing the problem. You're just putting band-aids on a problem. And unfortunately you're, you're both right. You're not only putting band aids on, but you're trying to stitch and you're trying to, you know, like remend, you know, a tissue. So that would be one thing to be like, okay, like, and that's where I said a system is broken. So if you're spending a lot of time in discipline, you have a broken system. Something's broken. Right. Is that, does that make sense? Yeah, it that it is- to everybody? Yeah. So every time you're doing something, you're like, God, I'm so tired of doing this. Go, okay, what's the real problem here? Right? What's the real problem? Right? Is it missing something or like a system? And if you like doing systems and your organization gets a great return at it, man, then that's, that's where you maybe, you know, should spend a lot of your time. I'm not a very good academic curriculum person, but I know what great teaching looks like. And I can help you be a better teacher. I was a, you know, we used a direct instruction model, right? So I would not do good in an inquiry model because I don't know what the heck that is. I don't understand inquiry. I don't understand experiential learning. But if you, but if I was in a, you know, behaviorist model school, I could help you. That's a strength of mine. I would only basically be pretending Um, or I would be doing the best that I could for those other schools. So one thing we have to realize is, is, you know, sometimes we have to say, that's not my strength. Let's go find someone who could do that for us if I'm not the person. And the one thing that I really see in education a lot is that, you know, we're all, it's, you know, coming from a poverty mindset a lot. You know, there's not enough money. There's no money in the budget. We can't do this. Well, I mean, part of Part of really being strategic is figuring out how to use every dollar to get that bang for your buck to get that greatest return. So, um, and at a charter school, you know, you have a lot a lot more flexibility, I think. I mean, I don't know all the Colorado rules. Here in North Carolina, there's a lot of flexibility in how we do that. So, those three questions that Kim just actually took us through, and she doesn't even know this. You ready? Everybody write these down. You're going to want to write these down. The question one is: Do I need to be doing this? Right? This is just actually required of me? That, do I need to be doing this? Can someone else do it now? And can I train someone? Right? So should I be doing it? Should I be doing it? Right? You know, do I need? Can someone do it now? And can I train someone? And I've got this little uh, mini course that I call, you know, do it, delegate it, dump it. I don't know if you guys have seen that. I think it's maybe on our YouTube, but I could, you know, share that back out. But do it, delegate it, dump it. Like, those are every time something comes from your plate, who can do this? Who can do that? And a lot of times might just be that, you know, your team is uh, taking a lot of your time because they either don't know who to go to or they need affirmation for something. So part of this is really just, you know, uh, becoming a really good, effective coach to your people and really finding out what they need. When I started to talk uh, to Kim, I started to talk about my uh, power disc and I don't know if any of you have you know, done strength finders or, or disc, but our disc you know, personality profiles you know, really demonstrate how your behavior or how your personality impacts your uh, behavior. And you know, part of this is, is our strengths, right? So everything above this midline, hopefully you guys can see my screen here, shows what my strengths are. So I'm really good at, you know, influencing, uh, directing. And my third one is creativity, right? Influencing, directing, and creating. I'm not very strong at processing and persisting. Um, So what I have to realize is that when I'm, sometimes things take a lot of time for me, they're probably in one of these other areas, right? That have to deal with details and and process these are probably my two weakest areas so so that that sucks the life out of me so i also have to know like as i'm working in my top 20 percent and this is you know for everybody what am i good at and if something like if i start to feel yucky of having to do something it's probably not my strength zone so i probably shouldn't be doing i need to find someone else to be able to do it for me so i would love if you guys haven't taken disc um you know, take, take one with us. Um, I'm going to send you a link and I'll take you free, through it, but free? ours is not free. No, it's, okay. it's a $97 for the disc and, and, and actually for me to coach you through it. Um, and, and, you know, you get access to our leadership curriculum to be able to be better. And I'll just say this, you know, when I you know, started studying disc uh, four years ago, when I became uh, trained, it's completely changed my personal and professional life because it tells me, how well I, you know, what are my communication dues? And what am I, you know, what are the best ways to communicate with me? And what are the not best ways? How do I best work in a team? How do I work under stress, right? You know, like under stress, I know that I, I seek two things, control and accuracy. So when I go into a meeting, like I have to be conscious of that. Uh, but this personality profile, I think, is the best leadership tool that we have that not only helps you with your strengths, but your communication and that gives you an action plan. Um, So I would love for you guys uh, to do that uh, with us. So the three questions you're going to ask yourself every time you do something, right? What are they? Should I be doing this? Can someone else be doing it now, right? Or can I train someone? And I'm telling you, you're going to find a lot of things that you're all spending your time with that are going to start going down to your stop doing list. Because you're going to find that they're not, they're not getting great return for you or the organization that you lead and they're just time they're just, you know, time sucks. And that's not what you want. So, tomorrow, when you get up, you're going to look at your, your time, right? The first thing, look at your calendar, be like, do I have white space in my time? Have I built time in between meetings? If you have a gatekeeper, tell your gatekeeper of your calendar, hey, don't schedule meetings back to back. I need at least 15 minutes between every meeting to be able to process and do that, or maybe even 30 minutes, whatever it is. And then if you have long extended meetings, that's another training we have how to lead effective meetings to make sure you do that. So look at your calendar and identify where is my white space time, identify the things that I think I'm supposed to do today. And you're going to just pick out what are the top two. What are the top two things that are you know, going to give me my greatest return at? What are my two priorities today that are sitting there in my, either my urgent important, right, or my not urgent important? They're up there in one and two in your Covey's list. And every day, just keep practicing that for five days. And if you're really up for a massive challenge and a massive kick, do that 15-minute miracle. And there's a link at the bottom of the 15 minute miracle. You can schedule time with me and I'll, I'll go through it with you. And that is free. You know, I'm, I'm happy to spend an hour with anybody who's willing to go through the 15 minute miracle, at least three days, you got to do it. So then you have a good understanding and I'll help you and I'll coach you through what those things you might be doing. It changes lives when you get time back and I want you all to have time back so you can live a more empowered life. So we'd love to have you, um, use those free resources uh, that I sent you and and if anybody would like to come and take the DISC personality profile uh, there's an email coming to you and you can click on the link and you can get it and I'm telling you it is life-changing uh to go through that so any last questions or thoughts we're right at our hour
1: so real quick is the yep sorry if with the principal leadership academy is that included in that or not? That's the totally separate thing?
0: Yeah, so you would get, yes, no, you would get access to the Principal Leadership Academy, which has a bunch of leadership lessons that that, that you would be able to use. So that's a, that's a, um, a large value as well. So it's a Leadership Academy and two uh, coaching sessions front and back end of your time.: Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, no, of course. And thank you for being a volunteer. And, and uh, you know, give some time. So tomorrow, when you're handling discipline, you're going to start to think, all right, who on my team could take it from here, right? You just have to, where, where can I take it to system-wise, build out the system, and then you have to realize, all right, where's the real problem coming from? And I, I'm going to start working on it, and I'm proud of you for uh, hopping up there. So, and uh, great. I'm glad you enjoyed it, Cedric. And uh, Tammy, uh, you got um, uh, many on quarantine at 64. Everybody be really, really safe out there and take care of yourself. Because I'll tell you what, if you don't build in that margin space and your uh, body wears down, who's gonna run the school? Who's gonna do it? You gotta take care of yourself, right? Every time you get on the plane, when you're able to get on the plane again, what do they tell you to do with the, when the thing comes down? Do what? Put your mask on first. So then you can save the person next to you. All right, love you all. If you want to learn more information, you go to our website at lbleaders.com. Look for an email from me, and I would love I would love for you guys to take you know the disc and hop into one of our leadership programs. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.